Para mí no existe el cielo, ni luna ni estrella. Para mí no alumbra el sol, para mí todo es tiniebla. I'm sure a lot of you were joining in with that one at home. Uh, it was uh, El Prezo, uh, Fruco y Sus Tesos by Disco Fuentes. <laughs> at least that's how I read it. I downloaded it off uh, off YouTube, but I think that's uh, more or less what it is. Well, we'll find out for sure now, because uh, delighted to say we're joined by our uh, good friend from uh, Latin America. Uh, that's John Bonfilio. Uh, John, uh, very good evening to you. Good evening, DJ Martin. How are you? Uh, I'm absolutely fine. Um, that was the right piece of music, was I? Was it the, the Colombian piece of music? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, ordinarily, I'm very um, positive about your Spanish pronunciation, <laughs> but you very definitely butchered that one. Did I? How would you? What would you call it? I, I don't. I don't even remember who it was. It was El Preso, and then I can't remember the rest of it. The rest but, of it was uh, Fruco y sus tesos Disco Fuentes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what the first bit was, but then the rest of it is, uh, yeah, Disco Fuentes, which, you know, I guess, <laughs> yeah. is, I guess is fine. I'm a big fan. So we've played that because you're actually in uh, Colombia at the moment. And um, you, you, we'll start with a story. for. We'll talk about Colombia in a moment because there's an election uh, coming up. Um, but talk first of all about um, a national leader. I can hardly believe this. Um, caught breaking his own COVID rules by hosting private parties. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. Tell me who this particular leader is who's been um, yeah, and, breaking and, his own COVID rules. And, and, and the similarity continues because it was only discovered, uh, you know, way, for, uh, way further down the line uh, with photos. And then his immediate reaction was nothing to see here. There were no <laughs> rules broken. You know, we did everything according to the uh, to the rules. And it, and it went massively south for him uh, ever since. And, and it got into more and more trouble, uh, polls, you know, unpopularity. And he's ended up having to pay. A, uh, or he offered to pay a £20,000 fine in exchange for the case being dropped. This is in Argentina. Uh, the president of Argentina, Alberto Fernandez, was, it seems, um, holding uh, private parties at his residence, at his official residence, another similarity, yeah. during the pandemic. Um, and, and to add to the... Um, to the ridiculousness of it, which obviously listeners in the UK are heartily sick of, um, Alberto Fernandez is also a professor of criminal law. Blimey. Blimey. So what's happened to him? I mean, apart from the fine, is it, you know, has there been public outrage? Has he been called yeah, for him absolutely. to resign? Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things which, as with the UK, is, is rumbling on and on. I mean, he's still in he's still in post. It's not quite the level of the of the Boris Johnson thing, where it's you know party after party after party and people being sat on each other's laps and, and puking up and, and so on. It was a family <laughs> gathering and it seems as though there was only one of them. But yeah, it's still, you know, they were his own rules, yeah. which he then went and, and happily broke and then, you know, had had um, a series of uh, very happy family snaps taken and then uh, shared around, which nobody could quite believe. Yeah. Well, and, and you're in, excuse me, you're in Colombia, as we mentioned, and uh, obviously we played the uh, Disco Fuentes track. Uh, you're in Colombia. Tell me what's uh, what's going on there. Why, why you're there? It's uh, presidential elections uh, on Sunday, um, which happen uh, basically every every four years. But this election coming up is 
uh, really potentially quite remarkable because it seems as though, you know, unless something strange happens, which it, you know, it could do, it's Colombia, it's Latin America, there's still the potential for something, mm. you know, for a rabbit to pop out of a hat. But it seems as though uh, uh, the left-wing candidate, Gustavo Petro, who's polling in the high 30s, is going to win the presidential election, or at the very least go through the second round and probably win it there. And the remarkable thing there is that Colombia has never in its entire modern history had a left-wing president. Um, so this is a massive sea change for the country. It's not to say that the left-wing doesn't enjoy popular support here. What what really that reveals is the hold that the right-wing political class uh, through fair means and foul have had on the electoral processes over the course of the last uh, 200 years. Um, so everybody is, you know, well, everybody of the left and certainly uh, Gustavo Petro's supporters have their fingers massively crossed that the electoral process is going to al- allow to continue unimpeded and that he is going to be elected uh, on Sunday and Monday. Yeah, I mean, having said all that, left-wing regimes, <coughs> excuse me, in Latin America don't always go that well. I mean, you have to look at uh, Venezuela. Yeah, and that's a, a massive narrative here. The two big narratives here that the right are throwing at Gustavo Petro, this, uh, you know, the likely next president, are the fact that he was himself, interestingly, uh, an ex-militant, an ex-guerrilla. So he did, you know, he was a fighter. He uh, took arms against the state uh, 30, 40 years ago, and he's a reformed uh, militant. And the second thing that everybody's throwing at him is the fact that Venezuela is just over the border, and they're sort of suggesting that, you know, they don't want Colombia to be another Venezuela. Of course, you know, um, that's not necessarily implicitly going to happen, but uh, Latin America, whether it's presidents of the left or of the right, uh, have a, uh, a sad, tragic tendency to overstay their welcome and get authoritarian about things and and i think it's a fair point to say that it's really it's not specific to the left it's you know it's a problem of uh, demagogy uh, with with presidents on both sides of the spectrum indeed now tell me you're you're in colombia as we mentioned um tell me a little bit about uh, one colombian who's uh, trending online at the moment oh yes the most the currently the most famous colombian out there is, uh, was actually born in the US, but two Colombian parents, and is Camille Vasquez, which uh, many of your listeners will have heard of over the last couple of weeks, because she is Johnny Depp's trial lawyer. She Blimey. is a 37-year-old yep, lawyer born in, in, in California to Colombian uh, parents, but she is all over the place, suggestions of a, a possible relationship with, uh, with Mr. Depp, certainly you know, a, 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 a wide array of warm interactions with him, uh, alongside you know, married, strangely, with a brutal, repeatedly brutal cross-examinations of, of Amber Heard, and, and not only her, but her Colombian, you know, Colombia, um, Colombian searches and Latin American searches are going uh, crazy for her. On TikTok over the last week, over six million searches for Camille Vasquez, and my favourite, currently trending in the US, is Camille Vasquez for president. Blimey. Yeah, well, she has been pretty uh, pretty harsh with uh, Amber Heard, um, but looks like she's, I mean, the way it's looking at the moment, because they're making the closing statements, aren't they? It does look like she's going to win. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll see. We, we know what happened in the London trial that, uh, you know, Amber Heard won and, and John Depp lost. I mean, obviously, slightly different political systems and proof and uh, and so on but you know, it's a it's a very difficult one to call because they're both accusing each other of the very same thing in in a private context so how you rule over that i have no idea yeah and just uh, finally uh, a big sports story a crazy 
semi-final in the uh, Mexican League. Tell me about that. Yeah. La Liga MX, is it? Yeah, uh, La Liga MX, and, and this is what's called a Liguilla. So what happens in, in Mexico, you have two um, two tournaments a year, the opening tournament and then the closing tournament, and then automatically you go into a sort of a series of playoffs. So it goes into a cup system. So if you end up top of the league, you don't necessarily win uh, you know, the, the trophy, mm. you then have to win the, the knockouts and so on. So Mexican football always is, as we well know, you know, crazy and surreal. But this really took the biscuit. This was a semi-final last week, uh, last weekend between Atlas and uh, and Tigres. Atlas uh, were 3-0 up after the, the first leg. So, you know, almost had written off Tigres having any chance of coming back. And then they went back home to, uh, to the Tigres stadium a, a few days later. And then in the first half, Atlas scored, taking the aggregate to, to 4-0. Absolutely no way back from Tigres. At that point, half-time comes. The Tigres manager makes a, you know, one substitution. He brings on a French player, Florian Tarrant. And then over the next half hour, Tigres score an amazing four goals. So with about 10, 15 minutes left, you've got a scoreline at four all, at which point it becomes really clear on social media. It starts to trend that actually uh, Tigres have too many foreign players on the pitch. Uh, the Mexican League, you're allowed eight foreign players, but they had nine foreign players on the pitch. So this starts to spread around the stadium and everybody uh, starts to understand the, the predicament they're in. Mm. Where the, the game continues. And then uh, on the 90th plus 10 minutes, uh, a penalty is awarded to uh, to Atlas, at which point the the Tigres uh, goalkeeper starts to go crazy, crazier and crazier, starts crying running around about the place, refusing to take his position in amongst the goalposts. The, uh, the, the, um, the referee gives him a yellow, and then subsequently after the penalty gives him another yellow to, uh, to send him off. But you know, long and the short of it is Atlas score and, uh, and win 5-4, uh, which they would have won anyway because Tigres would have been disqualified. But in the crazy, crazy world of Mexican football, it seems you know, that, was, that was one for the record books. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, that's uh, it's a bit like uh, rugby league in this country, where the, you know you don't necessarily win the league if you come top. They have, you know, they play off at the top. And it, if it works like it's obviously worked there in Mexico, it can be fantastically, dramatically exciting, and uh, more so than just um, you know the top team uh, winning it. Even though it seems unfair that somebody who's maybe finishes fourth or fifth in the league can actually uh, win the trophy at the end of the day but that sounds uh, yeah. yeah it sounds bizarre but real fun real fun um indeed as always john thanks uh, ever so much you've got a little bit more of uh, disco fuentes to finish with